Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hello and welcome into another podcast exclusive of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo here in studio with our producer Chad Ellis. My partner Bo Matthews is connected uh, at home as we continue to practice proper social distancing. And our friend Tim Shelsvik from Drury Outdoors who joined us on the radio show this week is sticking around for the podcast exclusive discussion as well. Um, want to get into some stories of the week as we have had a lot of uh, a lot of news to cover here in the St. Louis area with the protests uh, and civil unrest that we have seen around us. But first, Let's uh, keep it light for another couple minutes here and uh, finish our discussion. We were talking to Tim on the show this week, and if you missed it, of course, you're already listening to this podcast. You can just download the show's podcast. Um, We've released two podcasts of Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors every week. The show podcast goes out on Friday, and then this podcast exclusive gets released every Monday. Talking to Tim um, on the show this week about bow fishing. Uh, you have a love for everything, uh, uh, bow hunting, deer, turkey, and fishing. And you mentioned in the show um, about the silver carp. You said those are the ones that jump out of the out of the water. Is that is silver carp and Asian carp? Are they the same thing? Yeah, uh, Asian carp is kind of a collective term for 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 all the the invasive. Uh, species that have recently been introduced to our waters. So that inc- that's an umbrella term for grass carp, silver carp, and, uh, and and big head carp. Gotcha, gotcha. But are do all of those? So do all Asian carp jump out of the water, or is it only one? It's primarily species? the the silvers. Okay, the, gotcha. The jumpers. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And and when you're talking about bow fishing, I mean, there's one thing about either being on a boat or being on the bank and looking down at a slow moving bottom feeder carp near the bank and shooting it. But it's a whole nother world to try to shoot a jumping fish out of the air with a bow and arrow. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why you miss a lot. (laughs) You you just do. And, and and so, and and it's hard because you never know where they're going to come from. They usually come from behind the boat in the wake of the boat uh, and they're jumping off to the side. Sometimes they'll, I mean, my, we've been hit before. My buddy's been hit in the jaw 
Uh, he was driving the boat one time, sitting down, and one jumped up into his lap and then oh. just started flapping its tail <laughs> on his groin. And oh. he was, he, I mean, he almost has PTSD now because of how many times he has been Dude. impacted by these things. They, they've not... So- they knocked the the electricity off on our generator that powers the lights for the front of the boat, so you can see. You'd be driving along at nighttime, and then all of a sudden, poof, it's just dark, and it's because a, a silver carp has jumped up into the boat and taken out our generator. I've only and- experienced it once, and I've talked about it on the show, and but it's unbelievable how big and dense these fish are, and the fact that they're able to get all of that weight and power up into the air as much as they do. I mean, this one that the the one time that I experienced it, this thing jumped over our boat and me and my, my buddy Perry Woods, who I fish with all the time, uh, we just looked at each other with blank stares. Like, yeah, did that just happen? Like I could, we couldn't even believe it. And if one of those, if it, you know, if that thing would have hit one of us, it would have been it would have been like taking a, a you know a punch to the face. But if you catch them, they grant you three wishes. Oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> and and don't some people wear helmets when they uh, when they're they're doing this fishing? Uh, certainly out of a boat. Uh, some of the guys on YouTube that that are you know, kind of it's the shock and awe value. They're getting pulled behind a boat on a little on a little like raft or something, and they're hitting them with baseball bats. Yeah, they'll they'll wear helmets, but helmets but but guys that are bow fishing it's it's usually too hot and and and, and, and most guys bow fishing will not wear a helmet is it good eating it depends on the water it comes out of so yeah. uh, so if guys are uh fishing table bow fishing table rock or uh, there's a there's a pond out in eureka that's super clean water that i've bow fished before the fish tastes great out of there the lower merrimack is where we spend most of our time bow fishing and I don't know, like if you see an old refrigerator floating down the river after a flood, that makes me not want to eat something <laughs> out of there. As safe as it may be, it just doesn't seem appetizing. So does does bow does fishing with the bow and arrow uh, have the same effect on going back to regular fishing as um, as uh, as bow hunting deer and turkey have for you? Like I know that you will still uh, hunt deer with a gun, but you you prefer bow hunting is it is it more boring is it harder for you to go back to just standard fishing after it's, experiencing yeah. bow hunting it, 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 it's a weird thing because it's like when you're both when you're bow fishing you are actively seeking out fish and, and and you do the same thing when you're when you're angling but with bow with bow fishing you're you know you're sight fishing for them so you're 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 finding them and you're seeking them out and you're not coaxing them to bite you it's all it's all your skill as to whether or not you can hit them and so sometimes it feels like, oh my gosh, fishing seems like such an antiquated thing that you, you you fish one little section of water and you wait till something comes along and bites it. Whereas in this, you know, you're covering a lot of water and you're shooting at a lot of things. So you you almost have to think of them as two completely different different uh, different sports. But I, I have to say, uh, I, I've spent I I grew up fishing. I did a lot of fishing for walleye and sauger back home in North Central Illinois. I love I love fishing. It's my first love. But since I started bow fishing seriously, probably four or five years ago, I have had very little time to do any regular fishing. Hmm. Last question about bow fishing. I would imagine that, I mean, you obviously have to visually see the fish 
that you are shooting at because unlike you know regular fishing where you're putting something down deep in the water and you're not necessarily seeing what's happening um so i i guess all of it essentially happens right along the bank all bow fishing happens right along the bank and in that case is it do you do more more bow fishing in a boat or is it better to do it uh standing on the bank um you can you can do it from both and, and i've done both and i do both uh, having a boat is better. You can cover more water because a lot of times those schools of silvers are out in the main channel filter feeding, uh, or there may be kind of a flooded island where grass carp have come through and they're nipping off the the new growth on the willow trees, and it's almost like cattle feeding on grass. You actually see them poke their heads out of the water and grab these leaves and twist them and pull yank them back down under water. Uh, so so it, they're not always relating to the bank. Um, they, they can oftentimes be out in the middle, just depends on where they're finding the most food and what they're, what they're comfortable with. Cause sunlight, you know, they don't have eyelids like game fish. And so they'll try to avoid direct sun if they can, but if it, you know, late at night, you can catch them out in the middle, no problem. Or, or if you're fishing a big impoundment, sometimes you'll have big gar just out in the middle of nothing out on table rock or, or bull shoals. And so, uh, they can kind of be anywhere, but the more you do it, the more you establish a, a kind of a sixth sense on where these fish like to relate. Cause even within the different species, grass carp like to be up in the current. They like to be in new vegetation. Silvers can be pretty much anywhere. Uh, commons like to be where there's a muddy bottom where they can root around. Uh, gar typically like to cruise where they can find fish, uh, small fish for prey. So there's there's a lot of nuance. It's kind of fun to learn and 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 be challenged chasing these fish. It's not like they're all just in one spot and it's all a homogenous experience. All right, Chad, I'm going to leave it up to you as the producer of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. What is going to be our first um uh, our first trip out as a show to film? <laughs> us out somewhere you know uh doing a, a, one of these activities do you want to go hunt a feral hog from a helicopter which yeah. we've talked yeah. about a lot yeah. or do you want to get in a boat and go driving through the asian carp and try to bow and arrow fish jumping carp out of the air which is which is <laughs> Which which what what are we gonna do first? Um, I think feral hog hunting. Feral would, hog, yeah, baby, out of yeah, would be what I would pick. Um, yeah. Being on well, a boat, about and... boat fishing from a helicopter. Oh, now you're talking. <laughs> Just, yeah. That'd be that would be fun. All right, there it is. We got It's still the feral hog hunt that we've uh, we've talked about many times. Is still uh, what we're gonna go for. So <laughs> before we uh, before we wrap up the podcast exclusive, I, I, I feel a little bit of a responsibility to address some of the things. And we talked about this on the show um, a little bit this week with our friend Aaron Tarlow from Southern Armory and with Jesse from Razorback Armory. Some of the civil unrest, the protests. It's obviously had a big impact on the Second Amendment community and the firearms business. We saw a tragedy happen here in the St. Louis area. We saw multiple tragedies happen, but none bigger than what happened to the retired police captain, David Doran. 77-year-old man, uh, retired, was at home in the middle of the night and got a, uh, a call or an alert that 
his the 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 burglar alarms were going off at his friend's pawn shop in the city and as he's done many many times he went out to check on the store to make sure everything was okay and he lost his life and this is a 77 year old retired police officer who's got nothing left to prove or any other reason to serve the community uh, that he has already served so greatly for a lifetime to be going out and to lose his life um, this week in a situation like that is just absolutely tragic. And we pray uh, that this violence is is hopefully behind us. Hopefully it's getting it's uh, slowing down. We record this show, obviously, uh, a couple of days before it hits the air. Um so we don't know what's happened, you know, in the and when you're hearing this, it's 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 we recorded a few days earlier. So hopefully we've experienced a few days of peace when when everyone is hearing this. Um, and hopefully they found the killers. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the biggest thing. As I mean, a, I, you know, I wanted to just uh, interject in there that yeah. there were some actual fake GoFundMe pages in the name of David Dorn. The only three places that Ann Dorn his wife is uh, asking people to donate to is the Backstoppers organization, mm-hmm. the Crime Stoppers, and then there's a Fundly page that was put up, and even President Trump had shared that. Those are the three places, if you want to make a donation to support this family or the police officers, those are where you want to go to. Yeah, but it's a horrible story. Absolutely. And as much as I uh, believe in everyone's Second Amendment rights, and I strongly fight for everyone's Second Amendment rights, I have the same uh, feeling about the right to protest. I think that it is a uh, important right that we have, and I think that it is something that we should preserve and fight for. But when you're seeing these buildings and communities being burned down and looted um, and you know businesses destroyed, that's not protesting. That is a different activity altogether, and that is not something that I can fight for or support. I've I've covered a lot of these uh, situations, whether it be Ferguson or it be Jason Stockley or it be this one in particular. Um, there is a big difference. I've I've experienced, unfortunately, both things personally: the peaceful protests that I think are very necessary and very productive, and then the terrible violence that sometimes breaks out in the evening, and it is not the same people participating in those two activities. Uh, I didn't know, Bo, did you, did you, want, did you have uh, anything that you wanted to say about, um, about what we've seen in the community here this well, past week? You know, again, I'm with you. I, I think uh, our First Amendment uh, to be able to protest and, and to try and get some, uh, some answers about what people want to change is important. Uh, but when you're obstructing even traffic, it, it, that to me doesn't make any sense, but that you do you. Um, but on the case of uh, David Dorn, there was a video of him dying, okay? And there was a snap of, uh, uh, there was a picture, a brief picture of the person video, uh, video recording his death. And that post is on my page. You can go to Bo Matthews on Facebook. The picture of David Dorn is there. And the, the picture to the right is of the person who filmed uh, this or, you know, recorded this. So if that person has answers, there's a there's a reward for answers. Uh, I think it's at least $40,000. And again, uh, Crime Stoppers, Backstoppers, and uh, the Fundly account are the three legit mm. uh, places you can donate. But no, it, it's just, it's so sad. And and it's, it, the rioting and the looting has nothing to do right. with what, what has happened. That's the saddest part of it all. And the fact that Black Lives Matters doesn't 
shine any light on David Dorn because he was a black man. He was a black police officer. That that to me just tells me that Black Lives Matters is a political movement. It's not about black lives. Well, it just that's dep- just my opinion. I, again, I think it also depends on what you know. It, it's individuals that make those decisions, you know, on what they want to represent in these different groups, and um, you know, the 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 terrible outcry for justice uh, for George Floyd is is correct. He, he was murdered, and justice for George Floyd should be something that we are all fighting for. However, we don't see the same outcry for people like Captain David Dorn, who whose life is just as important. The loss of his life is just as tragic. And um, I wish that there was just as much focus and outcry and um, a call for justice, uh, you know, for a, a death like uh, Captain Dorn as there is for George Floyd. But, um, you know, that's uh, that's about all I can uh, hope for and say on on that. Um, The the one thing, you know, it it looks like and I truly believe that at least George Floyd's killers are going to be brought to justice. I, I I think that the moving the charge up to second degree murder and charging the other officers involved um, uh, was the right thing to do, and 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 hopefully, you know, they are all held accountable for their actions. And I hope that the people that killed David Doran and shot other police officers and citizens and have committed other crimes in this uh, in this time are also uh, brought to justice or, or at least Well, and we have stopped. seen, Tony, wouldn't, wouldn't you agree that we have seen justice being served? I mean, it, it's going to take time for these officers to be char- or to be uh, uh, put on trial and all that stuff. Yeah. But, but that just said, okay, so justice is being served in that case in Minnesota, and here we have uh, all this other stuff going on that has nothing to do right. with his case. Right. Yeah. It's just it's heartbreaking. It's Tim, do you have anything? It's an unfortunate thing that we see that goes around with this. Yeah, I want to get uh, Tim and Chad's thoughts on this. Go ahead, Tim, if you if you have any um, any comments on this situation. Uh, just, just a couple thoughts, and, and they're a little nuanced, and so forgive me if they don't come out quite as as I intend. But one, I, I just think we we have to we have to be careful that we don't infringe upon other people's liberties, whether that be uh, your, your life. Yeah, because obviously your life is important, and we saw what I believe was uh, was the the uh, unethical taking of uh, of the man's life in Minnesota. So, uh, so, but also like yesterday, I I had to reroute myself around uh, highways that were shut down, trying to get home to my family to to be with them, and so I I don't think you should infringe upon other people's liberties when you're fighting for uh, someone's liberty Justice. that was yeah. taken away from them. Yeah. So that's, that's point one. The other point, I, I've heard a lot of people say, I don't understand the looting. I don't understand the rioting. Why, why is that ha- having to happen? And, and I, I, I think there, there are, there's a radical segment of, of individuals who feel like because of historical injustices that equality is no longer the goal, but I'm owed something from historical injustice, and so I'm going to I'm going to zero out the balance sheet and get mine by taking 
from someone else. You know what I think? I think that that I think that that is a excuse. I think that some the 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 small percentage of people that say that because and I and I agree with you, Tim, that that is um, a mindset There's, that exists. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think it more than anything, that's just an excuse. I think that the people that 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 do this uh, that that are guilty of these violent acts of looting and burning buildings and shooting at police officers and shooting at and at, at citizens, um, you know, that are that are inside these businesses or whatever. Uh, I think that these are just people. I think they're opportunists, and I think that they look to take advantage of the situation, whatever it may be, and they may say and on a camera or something that they're doing this because of uh, that, that they are looking for justice or they're looking for equality or they're looking. But I think the truth is that these are just bad people that will take advantage of a situation to do something, you know, do something that they want to do or just feel like they have an opportunity to steal or yeah, loot or yeah. whatever, you know, and, and I think it's more I think it's more that I think it's more just cover for uh, a very small percentage of of bad, violent people that um, that take advantage of the of the of the peaceful protesters and the, the legitimate message and the legitimate cause that the peaceful protesters are out uh, marching for. And, uh, you know, they just take advantage of that situation. And um, and uh, that's that's it. I don't think it's any I don't think it's any deeper than that. I don't think there's any Chad, uh, there's any decent or, or message in that. And yeah. And Chad, it, Chad lives. Chad's in the got city. to have a perspective. Yeah. You know? Well, and Chad, you live, you know, you well, live downtown. Yeah, I live in the downtown area and it kind of sound like Iraq uh, the yeah. other night. Um, wow. when they kind of, I don't know, it's, I don't know, the looting seems, uh, kind of pointless, uh, especially the places that they're choosing to loot. Um, it's, it's definitely seeming like a lot of opportunists, yeah. um, just taking, ch- taking the opportunity that they have to do you think it's the same do people? It. Do you think it's the, do you think the people that are peacefully um, quite honestly, protesting? No. Yeah. I don't quite either. honestly, no, you know, seeing, uh, seeing protests with, Thousands of people in O'Fallon and different other places, and then just seeing like soon as night breaks, a riot start and trash cans are lit on fire and windows are broken out, and like it literally looks like like a scene out of The Walking Dead. If you mm-hmm. look, if you yeah. go around town in certain areas, and then certain areas mm-hmm. is like nothing even happened. Yeah. So obviously the curfews have really helped uh, in the last couple of nights, uh, as of the recording of this uh, program. But I grew up with a curfew. I know what a curfew is. I'm thinking a lot of these people didn't have a curfew. And it was, it was, (laughs) no, no, no. Seriously, do they even know the term curfew? But if you put a curfew out and the peaceful protesters go home at at the curfew or before the curfew starts, well, then whoever's out on the street is probably not. Uh, a, a you know a, a good person that's no yeah. they're probably up to no good exactly that's what a curfew that. was. Oh, was referring to the Great Curfew during the Great Depression, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old, buddy. And the, th- and the oh. thought behind you know um, we're protesting for someone that lost their life life um, from pro- police brutality mm-hmm. to someone losing their, another person losing their life, and if it's about Black lives, then what's going on like right. what what's 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 the what's the what what's the 
Why aren't they up in arms how about David Dorn? Yeah, yeah, like how do you how do you how do you explain it? Like right. what is what is the okay? Because clearly he clearly a lot of black police officers join the police force because there's a lack of representation in the community. Yeah. So if they're trying to be a representation and trying to alleviate some of the issues that we have, like okay, this person never 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 travel to this part of the city, never experienced what it is to live in this part of the city, but we we have this person policing and protecting this part of the city. And you can't protect something that you don't know and you don't appreciate. So therefore, it's it's like, okay, we're we're protesting, but there's something that we could do as well. So it's like, what are we doing to actually solve the issue at hand? Because quite honestly, looting and tearing up a building that's that the senior citizens use because they can't travel to a grocery store that's yeah. 20 miles away. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm, the city I'm, already doesn't have a lot of resources exactly. when it comes to groceries and exactly. And, shopping. and it's like, quite honestly, besides doing the destruction because, oh, we owed something or what, however you feel, where are you going to go? After mm-hmm. where is your your family member going to work after you loot and you you destroy their place of work? Like I'm I'm just thinking about it. Like I know the people that work in that Seven Eleven. Right. Like right. It's I'm I see them like four times a week mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's that close to my house. Yeah. And it's just like I'm I'm thinking about that, and I'm thinking about like when the protests went went near near my house and didn't touch anything mm-hmm. so it's like what was the point what right. was the purpose like, so let me ask you this we when i covered ferguson so i mean i was there night after night after night and through the peaceful protests and through some of the very not peaceful protests and what we and and you know that's two miles from my house in in florissant so it's not it's not my neighborhood but it's certainly my community. And like you said, um, you would watch those pictures on the news and you would think that it's this huge area yeah. that is that is under siege. And really, it's like a block. Yeah, I mean, you could street. go. Yeah, you <laughs> could go two blocks away from everything you were watching in Ferguson. And it's just a quiet neighborhood yep. with people sleeping in their homes. I mean, like literally, it's it's that drastic of a change in, in you know, just a few streets. But in in Ferguson, um and other protests that I've covered, a lot of the looters, a lot of the people that are burning buildings and stealing don't live in that community. Absolutely And not. the people that live in that community were angry and outspoken against their their community being destroyed. Like, why are you coming here and trying to take advantage of uh, of our message of protest and – and you're piggybacking on that and and destroying our community. Would you would you say it's got the same thing here in the in the city that it's not I mean, the people that live in the community, but it's abso- absolutely. I mean, if you if you if you were like to witness, you know that the, that many people don't even live downtown, right? And the people that do live downtown, they weren't protesting. Let yeah. me tell you, yeah. un- unfortunately, like wanna, those are the people that weren't their own. That, yeah. They're not destroying homes. exactly. Right. <laughs> like it's like a few convenience shops that you're you know like okay there were literally people outside protecting those establishments yeah. like 
no, you guys are not going to destroy this this establishment just mm-hmm. because. And then that's exactly all, what David Dorn was trying to do. Yeah, and it's like for what we gonna we gonna you guys are gonna take some TVs, mm-hmm. <laughs> some some jewelry that right. depreciates in value that has no that has no real value, and it hurts the message. Yeah, it hurts the the. It, it definitely dampens them. It dampens the message entirely because no longer are we talking about police brutality. We're talking about looting and rioting and fires and. And yeah. like, come on, we talk about we talk about things like we got people talking about these are the last days. And like we're talking about somebody that died from police brutality from the beginning. Right. Right. Like when are we going to get back to that? Yeah. Let's like, stick we, to we that. We forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. No, well said. Jeff Ellis for president. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, unless, uh, Bo, you got any final thoughts? Or, uh, no, I just you know what? I'm just praying every day for the uh, for the peaceful protesters and for the law enforcement and, you know, and the medical teams that are out there still fighting COVID. It, it, yeah. and, and I'd like to apologize to uh, all of the Lake of the Ozarks uh, Party Cove people that I was giving crap to. Look at all the protests <laughs> going on with no social distancing, yeah. hardly any masks. Actually, uh, and, the protests that I've covered, there's a lot of people wearing masks. Absolutely. Well, yeah. for what reason? Almost, <laughs> almost. Yeah. Like, I almost feel weird if I don't have a mask on at this point. Yeah. Because I see so many, and they're so creative now, too. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> when I was when I was following that protest uh, around the city earlier this week, I mean, I was marching yeah. with that protest, covering it for uh, three hours, and hundreds of people. And, like, seriously, like, 75% of the people had masks on. But... <laughs> It's also it's also a great time to wear a mask because you're you know you, yeah. you, you know some people are <laughs> trying to hide their identity in that it's so, type of situation. It's so crazy that you see the diversity in these protests now. Oh yeah, um, and because you you like in reality you see police brutality throughout. So it's just like to me it's a it's it's a big mental health thing to me that like I feel like the world is missing and I feel like that's what that's what a lot of this like. Yeah. Because I I remember seeing I remember seeing an officer and just spoke to him and it kind of kind of lightened up his like yeah, day no doubt it was like like I'm not here to attack you man like well, and, I get and it and just like the bad protesters the the people that are creating this violence is a very small percentage of the protesters that are out there for peaceful real reasons but it's the but it's the looters that that make the message look bad that make the overall protest look bad it's the same thing with police officers it's a very small every group of human beings has a small group of bad people in them and police right. and military are not uh excused from that but it's the it's the small minority of bad police officers that that give the, the police a bad name. And I think that's why you see so many police officers reaching out to these protesters, like you said, and just talking to them and supporting Walking these charges. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and supporting these charges uh, against these these police officers in Minnesota because they know that those are bad cops and they don't want that reputation rubbing off on them. Is there a problem? Yes, there's a problem. I don't think it's as bad as the media would have you say, but that doesn't mean it doesn't need to be fixed because it does need to be fixed. But it is 
in my very strong opinion, a small percentage of bad cops, just like there's a small percentage of bad people in every walk of life. I remember but, that. Um, I, you know, I spoke to cops during the, the uh, city police officers during the protest this week and asked them, like, what do you, you know, these, you know, these people are marching in the streets. They're blocking traffic. What are your guys' plan here? And they, and they said, we're just here to make sure everybody's safe. We're not. They had no desire to get into some kind of altercation with these protesters. In fact, they were paving the roads for them. They were making sure that that the roads were closed and that the protesters could march down the streets safely. Um, you know, the police were doing everything that they could to facilitate the protests, not not get in the way. So that doesn't that doesn't excuse. I'm not saying again. I'm not saying that every police officer is is a great is great, but I think that the I think the majority of them has to are, be are in has to be the, the majority. Right, are in it, for they the take right. an oath, man. Yeah, I know it kind of sucks to be a police officer right now because they kind of well, just the came back to work. Officers, they get it in Ferguson oh. and during Jason oh, Stockley. Yeah. There is the nobody got treated worse yeah. and that I witnessed because they're than the getting, black they're, police officers. They're being judged by And that is by, sick. That is they're sick. being judged by their own community as well as they're being misunderstood. Right. Yeah. Totally. So it's kinda wild. Yeah. Uh, good discussion, guys. Uh, I'm glad we had it, and uh, I'm glad uh, that everybody that downloads the podcast got a chance to hear it, and, and uh, we absolutely appreciate everyone who listens to Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors and the support that you give us. Uh, we talk about a lot of fun stuff like fishing and hunting and camping, and uh, we also have to talk about the serious stuff sometimes, so we appreciate you being here for all of it. That is going to wrap up this edition of the podcast exclusive. Don't forget, two podcasts every week and a radio show every week. Uh, you can hear all of it on the Radio.com app. Just favorite 97.1 FM Talk or KMOX Radio. should probably favorite both of them. And you can get our podcast there. And, of course, you can hear us every weekend on those two radio stations as well. For producer Chad Ellis and my partner Bo Matthews, and a big thank you for t- from Tim Shelsvik to Tim Shelsvik from Duray Outdoors for sticking around for this discussion as well. I'm Tony Colombo. We'll see you back here next week for another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. See you, boys. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.